Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Man and Candace podcast. It's your girl Candace back at it again with a brand new episode of the Man and Candace podcast. If you're returning, welcome back. If you're new here, welcome. Let me introduce myself. My name is Candace. I go by the art name MDMAQ. I'm 27. I'm from the United States. I'm an artist. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. And I'm a podcaster. And I'm full of shit sometimes. But that's why you love me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm someone who is brutally honest with themselves on the internet for the purpose of helping other people struggling with mental illness. I suffer... (laughs) Suffer... I battle with bipolar disorder one and PTSD. I was uh, sexually abused as a child, which where the PTSD stems from. And this bipolar disorder is either hereditary or I just damaged my brain so much that I'm bipolar with drugs. Um, please take this time if you have been listening to the Man and Candace podcast for a while, I beg you to please leave a review and rate the podcast. I've dropped down to like a 3.2 and I want to fix that. I believe that we are a strong family around the world and I see you guys coming back and listening for more. So Just please drop a review. Tell me your favorite story of mine. Tell me something that I said that helped you clarify something in your own life. Or if I helped you connect the dots somewhere in the past. Or maybe I helped you understand someone that you love who is struggling for mental illness. I realized that for a while now, for the past two years, I've been actively working on myself and it's been trial and error. Um, If something's not working, I toss it out. That's my new practice Um, because insanity is repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. So, for those of you who don't know, two years ago when the pandemic hit, I lost my mind. Now, what do I mean by that? I was in uh, amphetamine-induced psychosis. And it was pretty bad. It it was pretty bad. I was hospitalized for four months. I was placed on court-ordered treatment, and I was placed on heavy antipsychotics for 12 months. I was in Section 8. I I was a mess. I was a mess. I'm still a mess, but I'm a lot more palatable, and I'm chipping away at the dust and and the and the grime every single day. Some days I don't win. Some days I regress, but I get knocked down 10 times to get up 20. 
Speaking of 20, when I turned 20, all I cared about was getting high. But what I failed to recognize was that every decision, good or bad, I made when I was 20 shaped who I am seven years later today. Every decision, every purchase. Do I choose to take this class or that class at ASU? Do I switch my major? Do I go to rehab? All these decisions shaped my life today. Every single one. Should I take out this loan? Should I or should I not go to law school? Oh yeah, I was I was very ambitious. And we'll talk about how the irony of me wanting to go to law school because it went against every single part of my being. Like I said, when I was 20, all I cared about was getting high. I found myself addicted to multiple substances. I was addicted to porn. And that lasted even for a while. I just got that under control. And we'll talk about that. But my bad habits that I developed in my teen years as a child, but especially the bad habits I developed when I was in college, when I was 20, became automatic self-destructive behavior by the time I was 25. You know, all the drugs. Uh, I w- in essence, I'm addicted to excess. Um, so it wasn't enough to get high. I had to get the highest I could get without overdosing. What I think I sought in getting high when I was in college was oblivion. I reached a point where I didn't care if I lived or if I died. It was all about how high can I get? How far away from this life, from these memories can I get? How painless can I feel? How euphoric can I feel? I wanted to push it to the limit. I was on a cocktail of Xanax and Adderall right before I broke down and went to rehab. I took a semester off at ASU and I thank God. Even though I I relapsed again and again and again after my rehab, I was at death's door having seizures and my mom's Finding me passed out on the toilet. I was a drug dealer. I was a monster. I was a liar. I was a thief. And I have episodes where I talk specifically about these things more in depth um, in previous seasons if you want to go visit that. But I'm going to keep bringing bringing this up because it's an experience that has shaped me mentally, physically, and emotionally to this point. I am in the process of becoming the best version of myself. Every day I'm going to chip away at something that I could improve. I'm going to be constantly looking for rooms of improvement, whether it's in my emotional health, my sexual life and health, my relationships with people, um, my job, my career, my art passions, you know, all, all of my all of my endeavors, all of all of the different sections of me, um, I want to become 
like I said, the best version of myself. And I'm not who I was two years ago when I lost my mind. I'm not as reckless. I have a bit of shame, which is good to have a bit of shame. I prioritized my mother's honor. Like, I don't want to, I never want to embarrass my mother. My mother is a federal officer. And if I ever got in trouble for drugs on a federal level, all of her colleagues would know that that's her daughter in the federal building getting arrested, getting charged, getting booked, getting sent to prison. I could easily gotten a, a possessions charge, a sales charge, a distributions charge, a forgery charge. Those are federal charges. It's by the grace of God. Other people's prayers is what got me through my early 20s. It wasn't me. Yeah, I was praying, but I was praying for drugs. I was praying for the next 20 bucks. I was praying for God to save me from myself. When I when the cops were at my door, ASU police, ASU police, open up. We know you have drugs. Like, just like, I dodged so many instances where I could have lost it all. I mean, truly lost it. I mean, I still have, besides a DUI, I still have my clean record. And um, not a lot of drug addicts have that. Not a lot of tenured drug addicts have that. Um, Let's just go through some of the bad habits that I started when I was very young. And now I realize they're automatic and I'm actively taking steps to improve them. So things like smoking, overeating, procrastinating, cutting corners, overindulging, and being addicted to excess, like I said. Um, And I also have a bad habit of not being self-aware, and I am changing that. So I, I should say that I'm working on the habitual automatic, like automatic process of not being self-aware and I never used to be aware of even how I smelled, like smelling like cigarettes and, and, and weed and trying to date. Like, that's not cute. That's bummy. That's bummy shit. That's some crusty ass shit. Um, the drugs I was on clouded my judgment. I mean, like, I was walking around probably looking crazy. I was on dust. I was on dust. I was on street Xanax before they started putting fentanyl in it when they were just putting like baby aspirin in it. And then I was on clean Adderall from the pharmacy. But when you're not eating, you're not putting nutrients in your body, you're not drinking water, you're on a diet of amphetamines and benzodiazepines for days, you're not sleeping, it's no wonder you, you slip into psychosis and you just completely lose control of your life. I mean, I gave away my car keys. I gave away my apartment. I gave away everything in my apartment because I thought the world was ending. What is it with bipolar people and psychosis? Um, 
that, and, and, and even amphetamine induced psychosis, I like to make the distinction that my episode, my psychosis in 2020 was not solely from being bipolar. It was amphetamine induced. I was on a diet of 90 to 120 Adderalls every 14 days. Because I would have 60 Adderalls from my doctor. And then I would buy 60 more from a former friend of mine. Who I would take her prescription and I would take her husband's prescription. I would buy them. Um, And I would, it would take me two weeks to get through 120 Adderalls. And when you're on Adderall, you don't eat. You know, you don't drink water. You, you like, you, you eat sweet things because it makes your high. It enhances your Adderall high. I don't know. Like, you drink Sprite or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, I know, but, like, I'm just, I don't know why that it enhances your... I digress. I digress. My judgment was clouded heavily. I slipped into psychosis from taking too much Adderall, and I lost my fucking... I was the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. That was me. I remember being in the psych ward and I remember causing a ruckus. I remember just completely causing a ruckus. And um, I was reprimanded. Two big black guys. <laughs> two, big, two big black guys. Two big blacks um, restrained me, put my arms around my behind my back, and got me on this stretcher and shot me with sedatives. I went right to sleep. I never, I, I don't, it's weird to be out of your mind. Because like, I don't know who that person was. And, and after my DUI, I knew that I had very little chances left with this addiction, with this drug use. Because I was like, uh, you're going to jail now. Um, so when I went to jail and I was in jail, I was just like, who are you? No, really, who are you? You have no identity outside of being smart, being the smart girl in school and being a weed smoker. Outside of those two things, you have no identity. Like, who are you? I wasn't an artist like well I was I was in the early stage this was five years ago I was um almost five years ago yeah about five years ago just about when I just graduated college I I was beginning my professional art career. I always doodled here and there. Maybe took it seriously for about eight months straight here and there. But it always like came and went, came and went. The motivation came and went. But then I, when I moved downtown to Phoenix um, and I saw art everywhere, I was like, I want legacy. I want legacy over everything. So I started working really hard and every day at it at it just every day like can I get this painting looking better can I get this drawing looking better and then I started like figuring out ways to make the process easier and like I started building building up upon that 
But I, I lost it all. Almost. Let me tell you about the time that I wanted to study for law school. Because at the same time I got my DUI, I was studying to to take the LSAT. And the, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, just the irony of a drug addict studying for the LSAT, thinking they're going to be a lawyer. Like, who did I think I was? Call Sal? Who did I think I was? Like, when you are on all these types of drugs, you your ego is so gassed up is so gassed up that you think you can do anything, that you think you're the shit. I mean, like, to the point where it's offensive. And almost scary, because I was... I was... You know that girl, Elizabeth Smart, who had that company called Theranos? How she was like, yeah, I'm gonna change the world with my blood testing at home device. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's a fraud. And, like, um... I can identify with that because, like, I was so gashed up on drugs that I thought that I could be a lawyer. I convinced other people that I was going to go to law school. I was so ambitious. But it was all fueled by drugs. I was the type of person who cut corners. And, like, now I'm dealing with the consequences of that. Like, when I do stuff, I'm frustrated because I have to do it. I have to take my time. When I draw now, I'm just so disciplined. I tr- I'm so disciplined when I draw. I'm just like, okay, if you're going to do something, do it right. Don't do it in five minutes just because you can. Like, take your time and see what you can really achieve when you put time into it. Thing- good things take time. Fine paintings take years. And here I am wanting Picasso's fame from a painting that took me like 45 minutes. I couldn't study for law school. Um, Number one, I was lazy. Number two, I was too dumb for the material, but I couldn't admit it. Um, Number three, I had no work ethic. No work ethic. It's just like, no work ethic. I would sit down, open my LSAT book, and go, five minutes later, I'm popping five Adderalls and texting on Instagram, listening in the future. And that's it. If I could go back, I wouldn't go to college. I would start my art career early. Maybe take a couple art classes here and there, maybe some business classes, start networking, and like, I would live with my mom. We, I would convince her to move us downtown to Phoenix. And I would start networking with artists. And I would start getting my shit up. I would spend that. F- like, I started my artist apprenticeship the day I graduated college. So I am five years into my artist apprenticeship. Four and a half. And, like, I'm now locally known. People recognize my logo. I'm respected, despite having a fucking video out there of me sucking dick on the internet for a few months. You know what's funny? What's funny to me is that, like, I never told my ex, the one who posted me on Pornhub... I never told him that I was sexually molested as a child because something in me was like, keep that to yourself. 
something in me was just like, keep it to yourself because you just don't know. You don't know if he's going to use that shit against you. And like, if I felt that, if I felt I couldn't tell my own boyfriend my trauma, you know, like, if I felt unsafe with my boyfriend, I should have knew right then and there that like, he could not be trusted. And lo and behold, like two days after our breakup, he puts a video of me sucking his dick on Pornhub.com and it just spread to all these different websites. I don't know if he posted them on different websites, but like he posted it on one and then it spread over the next course of like the next two years. It popped up on like 14 different websites. I did a whole episode of me talking about that experience, how I found out, what I did after I found out, how I felt, how I was treated publicly, and what I had to do to get those videos removed. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, but it did not break me because I was already broken as a child. So that act could not break me. You can't break what's already broken. And when you heal... From childhood trauma, you become hard as a rock. So when I found out that I was on the internet, the moment I was driving, I was driving, I was texting and driving when I found out that all of these guys I was beefing on Instagram with that day found found this video of me on the internet. And it was there for months. It was there for six months before I found out about it. I called the police. I was just like, just, he did it. They didn't do anything. But I'm going to use my voice to tell you that Dominique Keene from Tennessee, he's probably 30, 31 right now. He's a Gemini. He is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call it, he's a sexual offender. When you, when you, put someone on the internet against their will in their in a, a videos of them having sex it's 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 not rape but it's violating in a way that feels like it's close to rape did all those people who jacked off to me sucking his dick the people that did jack off, because half of them were people that knew me and were laughing. The other half were strangers jacking off to some some girl sucking dick. And it's just like all those times those guys nutted to my face, to my breasts, to my lip action. All those guys who nutted got, a, got something from me that I didn't consent to. That I never, never wanted to share. If I wanted to be the OnlyFans chick, I, I'm telling you, I would have been. And I would have been the best. I could never show myself proudly naked with my face and sell it and then go pray to God. I'd feel dirty. That's just me, though. (sighs) 
Listen to that episode, Revenge Porn. I talk all about it. I, I cry. I feel like I really cried for the first time in that episode about it. But what he did, he tried to ruin my name. He put my name in the porn title. He tried to ruin me, but he he can't ruin me. I'm respected. I'm respected in the streets. I really am. And who does that respect come from? The legends in the art scene here in Phoenix, Lalo, Kota, Spock. All I needed was Lalo's cosign. That's it. Being co-signed by Lalo Kota is like being co-signed by Beyonce. I'm so serious. So I got a reality check when I took the LSATs and I got my score, right? It was 146 and that's like a F minus. The highest score you could get was a 180, and I got a 146. It was embarrassing. The worst school in the country, the worst law school in the country wouldn't even offer me anything. Just nothing. Um, There was no way I could afford it. My mom flat out said, I can't afford to put you through law school. And um, I gave up. I was like, okay, let me go work at a dispensary. I mean, let me go where I started working for Carvana. I was a recent college grad making $18 an hour. I had a degree in criminal justice and I couldn't go to law school because I was too dumb. I was too high and too dumb to achieve even a spot in law school. Or to achieve a, a score that would that would look good on an application, and I and I had affirmative action on my side. All I had to do was do the work. Like it was, it's just embarrassing. But I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. You know why? Because the person, the habits that I formed when I was 20, are going to take years to unlearn and to reprogram into a a a, a positive. Um, habit. So procrastinating, smoking, cutting corners. Like lawyers, besides the smoking, can't procrastinate. They can't cut corners. Lawyers have to be very thorough. Lawyers have to be very sound in their arguments. I make flawed arguments all the time. Flawed reasoning. And it takes severe mental effort for me to dissect an argument i know this because i studied philosophy i tried to and i and i just couldn't do it like if if a then p then p i have no fucking clue I'm so glad and thankful that I am not the person who I was two years ago. I would say I was two years ago, I was in the negatives. Right now I'm approaching zero. I still got some negative qualities about me that I want to fix. Like I still overeat. 
I still am addicted to excess. I still smoke weed. I still smoke tobacco. I still overspend sometimes. I still don't say the right thing. Sometimes I come across very mean or, or erratic online. Sometimes I forget like you have a you have a podcast now. You gotta be a little more responsible with what you say. Um but I'm, I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting better. My credit score went up twenty points, and that took effort. Um, because it was going down and down and down. Uh, <laughs> you don't say what it is because I, when I was eighteen, my credit score was seven twenty, and it's gonna go back to seven twenty before I'm thirty. I swear to God. <sighs> but I can get a house with my credit score. I mean, I meet the minimum. <laughs> it's 600 okay shit i'm ashamed 600 <sighs> so how am i doing this how am i becoming a better version of myself every day i'm reading books uh i recommend this book called atomic habits by james clear um he's not a scientist he's just someone who's had to study habits made it his career to study habits and he's a writer and um he's sharing like very practical advice uh and explaining the mechanisms of how a habit develops and just what the processes your brain goes through and it's very specific and i like when things are when difficult things are broken down into easy concepts for me to understand so i can therefore apply it to my life like i've started the book yesterday i'm on page like 93 or 98 it's only 300 pages and i my day yesterday was just amazing because i put the things i didn't want to do first and once those things were out of the way it was like my whole day opened up and it was like clarity it was like what do we want to do now it was like room for creativity on on my reality for the day and it felt empowering and I felt like a stronger person knowing that I put away all of my shit in the right spot that I did the laundry that I made coffee the right way see this these things are going to sound silly but like these are like I said I developed a habit of cutting corners so it's just like I would half-ass cleaning I would half-ass um even like a podcast or I would half-ass art. But now I'm just like, no, there's value. There's value in taking your time. There's value in just like, there's value in valuing something and trusting the process. I figured out, well, since March, I began this journey of closely analyzing my thoughts and behavior And just recently, I began to tie my mood into the equation, and I figured out that my thoughts dictate my mood, and my mood dictates my behavior. So I'm now learning ways to intercept negative behavior by influencing my thoughts in a positive, impactful, and productive way. Um, This is a daily process. And 365 days from now, I'll be a completely different person. But one thing at a time, one small thing at a time, one improvement at a time. I'm proud to say that for the past week, I've woken up every day and made my bed. 
cleaned up my room. I'd like to say, I don't remember the last time I went to the dispensary, and usually it'd be every single day. I'm proud to say that I have at least $500 just because. When normally I'm like, like I said, I was addicted to excess. I would just spend and spend and spend till I didn't have no more. And then I'm asking my mom for money. <sighs> We're going to do this journey together. We're going to do it together. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Look, I'm talking to you. You're probably in Africa. You're probably in Europe. You're probably in Asia somewhere. Or South America. Or North America. But I'm just in my little garage in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're connecting. And we're healing. And we're learning. And we're winning. So become the best version of yourself with me. This is Candice with the Manic Candice Podcast, Season 9, Episode 3. That's three in French. I will talk to you guys very, very soon. I have goals for November. I want to reach a 1,000 downloads. I want to reach a thousand downloads. I did it in June and I will do it again. So I want to start something different to where you can email me um, questions and I can answer those questions on the podcast. So let's get into that. I bid you adieu, my friends. Bye-bye.